Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. On this episode, I'm going to talk to Paul Clapham, owner of Uskies. And Uskies, their background is in denim and casual clothing. And for many years, they had been selling other people's clothes. During that time, they had seen a change in the general relationship with clothing, a shift to a faster, quicker model built on ever-changing trends and cutting of corners. When the time eventually came to make their own range of clothing, they knew they'd want to do something different. And that time is now. From sourcing through to design, they use high-quality organic materials, putting a passion for craft at the centre of everything they do. Traditional techniques are shown the respect they deserve, so that lessons of the past can be used to create something for the future. And they offer free repairs and maintenance to ensure that their products don't end up on the scrap heap. You can find out more about Uskies through the website www.uskies.com. And here is Paul Clapham to tell the story of how it all began. Yeah, so I've been in the retail arena for many years. You know, my first job was kind of working in the jean shops and I ended up uh, working directly for Levi Strauss and managed a number of their biggest stores for a few years and then went into internet retailing approximately 10 years ago and started a web store called Dungarees Online, which you know, I had this light bulb moment in the shower one day. I wonder if I could sell denim dungarees on the internet. Imported some from America. Sold one pair month one. That got re- returned. Sold nothing month two. And then, you know, over time, we built sales. And But it was always a kind of back bedroom business for a, lot, for a number of years. Um, we eventually, you know, the internet business grew became a full-time job, became a limited company. And we, like a lot of people, were, were happily trading away on, on our website. Then we got into Amazon and eBay and all the big marketplaces. And essentially, we became a buyer and seller of other people's clothing. So I used to buy a lot from wholesale and so on. And, and eventually, it just became a, a kind of a bit of a race to the bottom uh, hard to compete. The marketplace got more and more, um, uh, more and more flooded. So I, I began to think about how we can, um, you know, diversify and how we could, uh, you know, survive in the longer term and how we could build something that was, um, you know, for us. And I'd always had a, we'd, we'd always sold brands like Carhartt and Dickies, more on the workwear side through through the Dungarees on online business. So I've always been uh, familiar with workwear. And I kind of like the uh, the simplicity of it. Um, I'm not particularly a high fashion person, um, you know, and I'm not a particular follower of, of huge, you know, big fashion or um, particularly trends. But and that's what I always enjoyed about workwear was the simple aesthetic of it. You know, it kind of fit my personality. The fact that I didn't have to think too hard, and uh, and I like the simplicity. Uh, so Uskies came from that, really. It came from a, um, a thought of creating something simple every day, something we could work we could work in or you could go for a beer in. or It was more around you know, creating clothes that you could uh, work or have fun in. That was the, the starting point. Right. We'd already had supply lines from, from India and we'd, we'd, we'd been um, working with some organic cotton for some dungarees and so on we were doing. So I, I, I had the supply. And then one day I had a friend of mine working in the building who had 
on a, a very, very simple Chinese working jacket that he'd got from a vintage store. And it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't particularly glamorous, but it was a, a really, really nice, simple cut overshirt. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, right, that's it. That's it. That's what we can do. We can um, create clothes that will be fit for purpose and simple. That was the, yeah. the kind of drive. And also, I'd, I'd, I'd begun to get a bit of an aversion. I mean, I'm web based in web based in Manchester, and one of the key areas of Manchester is huge clothing wholesale businesses, huge internet businesses, and I, I kind of I didn't I didn't and I, I continue I don't like the idea of disposable clothing. You know, I don't like the idea that um, things can be thrown away after a couple of uses. And I really wanted to try and see if we could create something that encouraged um, a more make-do-and-mend attitude, really. Um, and I think, I think that comes from the fact that, you know, I, I worked in jeans stores and, like I say, for Levi's and so on. And clothes used to be a thing you save up for, you know, in the same way that an, a CD or an album was something you saved up for. And it represented value. and and I liked, you know, the idea that you'd buy a pair of 501s or something and you'd have to save up for it. You would then take them home. You would then, you know, remove the packaging and plasters off the pockets and with great care, knowing that this garment had an inherent value to you. And the idea of fast fashion for me has been is a relatively new one. You know, in, I mean, I'm nearly 50 now, but, you know, the idea that, you'd buy and throw away is, is a relatively new concept. Uh, and I wanted to try and rally against that and, and say, you know, buy less frequently. The, it, you know, I don't want to go down the whole environmental argument because I don't think that's um, what I'm about particularly. I just wanted to um, create something that would encourage people to buy less, repair more, fix more, cherish more, and build a relationship with the garment. And yeah. that's where it comes. Does that make sense? It makes sense because, I mean, you're making the clothes. So you're kind of putting your heart and soul into the designs and making these clothes. And you kind of want to have that reflected with the consumer, I'm imagining. So you don't want to have to make something and then for someone else to wear it once or twice and then go, do you know what, the season's moved on or I've had a change of heart and now it's time to wear something else. You kind of want to have them sharing the same enthusiasm for your products and your brand as I guess you have going into the brand yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure, and um, yeah, it's it's the important thing of value, you know. I think it's the important thing of of, of just not disposing. You, you know, let's not dispose of everything we use so quickly. Yeah, and trying to get where you create favorite garments that grow old with you, you know. Um, Paul, talk to me. Uh, I mean, that's that's very true when you go on the website, uh, and for people that want to take a look at the brand and I encourage you to do so it's uskies.com the subtext is all about kind of fighting that fast fashion but doing it through looking after the clothes and you have like things like free repair kits with every garment and uh, a free repair service where clothes can be sent back to you do you mind just talking about that for a, a moment please how that process works yeah for, for sure I mean I think uh, one thing I don't I, I have not 
on a, and I'm very keen not to be, is an eco um, warrior because I can't profess um, that we, we tick all those credentials, you know. I mean, I fly to India. Uh, to meet the manufacturers i you know there is travel we 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 do have to ship the garments on big um uh, big uh, cargo ships and all the nastiness that's that embroiled with that the garments are still made even though it's organic cotton it's made it's still cotton which is an incredibly thirsty plant you know so i was very keen that we didn't we didn't try and become um, something that wasn't true, you know. I think, and 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 the idea with the repair kit was, you know, was to encourage the idea that, you know, it's a bit of clothing. Over time, if you wear it enough, there are things that are going to go wrong. You mm. know, that maybe a, a button will come off. Maybe you'll um, tear it or snag it, or you know, or maybe a seam would slightly uh, loosen over time, or. So the, the idea with the repair kit was to say, look, it's, it's something to help you maintain this garment, you know. So the, the uh, and the repair service again was uh, an idea that we said, right, well, we could, we can fix things, you know. We can't make it new again, but we can certainly fix things. And I, I really I, I like the idea of that that we could repair stuff and fix it and send it back out and. And, and you know, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to that that side of the business increase. It'd be it'd be interesting to see what sort of things come out of that. Um, but but to go to the just just the sustainability side, you know, people use the word sustainable and let's be sustainable and sustainability and this is and the reality, you know, the actual word sustainable means to replenish what you use. So we don't do that. You know, I don't replenish the uh, resources that have gone into the manufacture of our garments. I can't say that. I can't even pretend to say that. And the the term is misused a lot. Mm. Uh, so we wanted to encourage sustainability or practice sustainability through the idea of buy less, keep it longer, repair it. And that's how we wanted to interpret so there is an environmental drive behind it, but it's not in the kind of in the arena of um, you know professing to be sustainable and so on because we're just simply not. You know? right. Paul, talk to me a little bit about some of the designs for the garments, please. When I was having a look across the clothes, obviously echoes of the workwear gear, but large patch pockets seem to be a theme. Uh, fullness of cut especially around the trousers. Uh, yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and, uh, and and what you were thinking of when you were putting these together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, simply with the trousers, is, you know, I've got a big-ass big pair of legs on the top of my thighs and I wanted to make sure anything we did, I could get my legs into because... I've got quite big legs at the top. I'm not like Jonah Lumo or somebody, but I have got chunky legs. So that was that. that's the only... The idea of the roomy space at the top of the pants, but um, the designs really were about. I mean, you know, the, there's some classics in there. The, the overshirts are, you know, they go hark back to the French workwear and so on, and, and and those kind of boxy designs have been around a lot and interpreted a lot. So there's, there's kind of nothing 
particularly knew about some of the, the shirt designs because the classics. Um, I think where where I've I've tried to um, where are the inspiration I've got for some of the, for example, the newer products, the blazers and so on, just goes back to the idea of the guys that would. Um, you know, dig a road in a suit. <laughs> the guys who would work in shipyards in in um in a in a blazer. Uh, you know, we we had when I was a kid growing up. Behind us was a small farm uh, small holding. It was you know we were quite. It wasn't a rural area, but it was. Uh, there was a guy who had a bit of, and he, he couldn't have been more Yorkshire than you could ever imagine. This guy it was difficult to understand. He was at Yorkshire and. Um, he used to come round with a, but he'd come round in a blazer, a pair of wellies, um, some suit trousers, a shirt and tie, and he'd sell eggs. And the whole idea that you would um, wear, you know, it's that thing of being equipped and, and feeling smart, and, but also practical for work. So. I kind of like a bit of a romantic to those ideas of those guys that dig a dig a road in a suit jacket. You know, I like that. I like that, and and that's where I've tried to create things that you could work in. Especially the modern workplace has changed so much now. You know, yeah. I mean, my partly sat at a desk like this, and then partly shifting boxes and preparing orders to go out, and 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 I like the idea that, that you you can wear a garment that's that's fit for purpose i guess yeah no that's interesting i do like those old timey photos as well when i was working on a in a cricket bat factory my job to kind of chop up wood and make clefts for the bats right. i'd get i get to see these old uh, photos of the old people that did it back in the day with the kind of axe before we had it before we had like bandsaws or anything like that it was all done by and I remember looking at these photos and I said to my boss, Crikey, these guys are dressed better than I am on a Saturday night out. I mean, how is that working? <laughs> they're, and they're chopping up wood for a living. I mean, it's just nuts, right? Yeah. Exactly. Now, that's what we've, we've tried to do is give the – because, we you know, we use quite a heavy cotton. Um, we reinforce all the, the arm, um, you know, the elbows are reinforced, double, double. And the, the idea being that you live in it, work in it and wear it and wear it and wear it. That's what we were trying to do. Really. And just going off the grass a little bit, Paul. But Levi's was originally workwear, wasn't it? Made for the the men in the they miners that were wearing old denim back in the day. Uh, spot on. Yeah, I mean the, the the original denim came from the old sailcloths from the uh, well Denims is in France. The the sailcloth that they used there. All the miners took in the in California took the sailcloth. And started making pants out of it because it was that heavy duty for the mining, for the gold mining. And that's how Levi's came about. Yeah, you're, you're spot on there. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I remember that. And also, lastly, just to finish off on the designs, I've, I've only just had this thought. Maybe you can help me out on it. But workwear, whenever I've worn workwear, I've always found the fit to be kind of like loose and comfortable. You know, nothing's kind of slim fitting. Do you find that? Mm-hmm easier thing to have to sell on a website for example because people aren't always confused about sizing you don't often get a lot of returns um yeah i must interested do we get i've not thought about it from that point of view of is is it an easier garment to retail because it is less tailored i guess is the question isn't yeah, it, really yeah uh, i suppose it is 
and I suppose it is. And I think I think um, it restri- there's only a certain type of person who's really interested in work where you know it, it kind of fits a certain. Um, a certain person or type of people, and, and they generally, I would imagine, are less less concerned of tailored cut. Yeah, but yeah, it probably is. You know, it's interesting. If I've, I've not thought about it like that, is it an easier garment to retail? Because I, when I worked in an ind- independent retailers, uh, we had a number of brands under our umbrella, and we'd mm. get questions all the time before people would hit the purchase button of you know what's the sizing like on this do i need to buy up a size down a size i mean famously super dry was just a nightmare for us because they make garments twice as small as you'd actually receive so you always have to tell them to go up a size and then that would confuse them they'd be like well then how does that work for the jeans is it the same do i need to go up a size in the anyway so you have to really hold people's hands through the process if they're buying online so i just i just figured if workwear was that kind of more forgiving of a fit that people wouldn't have to wrestle with that you know it's definitely more forgiving of a fit and it's the idea about layering the idea that you can um you know sling a a, a t-shirt a sweatshirt and under a a work shirt you know that's the idea that you can layer it up for warmth um but yeah i've not thought of it is it easy yeah i would have thought it is a, a, a much easier garment um to retail but um, I don't think the return rates are suggest. The return rates are below. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right. I've not actually looked at it like that. I think you're right. Yeah, we'll have to crunch some numbers down there. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you all of my old returns from ten years ago, and uh, we'll, we'll compare some stats. Um, well, what's next for you, Paul? Tell uh, tell me a little bit about the the brand as it is, and you know how you see it for the next couple of months pandemic people opening up shops coming open what, what's in store for you guys yeah i mean we we launched formally in february last year so it was um you know we've had a we've had a great year really all things considered we we got a uk agent we've opened up uh, a, a numerous wholesale accounts throughout last year which was wonderful because i didn't expect to to do much at all but we did pick up quite a number of wholesale accounts um, web business is building slowly, but it's we're starting to get our tribe on of followers and, and you know through Instagram and so on. We're starting to find our our tribe of people, which is good. So um, this since Christmas, I think things have been. Uh, I mean, certainly in the last few days, things feel much better. But I think the first part of January, February, we're, we're very. They say it's always darkest before the dawn, and I think I think that's certainly true of this last couple of months. You know, I think people have been, you know, battening down the hatches and wondering if they're going to get have a job at the end of all this. And there's a lot, but I think, you know, f- from the budget and you know the, the fact that it's lighter in the day, the vaccine rollout and so on, I think things are feeling more optimistic, and I'm 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 optimistic for this year. Perhaps from May onwards, that we're going to start to see um, some spending, some pent up um, frustration, and getting out there and putting some money and going crazy for a bit. And then I think it'll settle down again. For, for us as a brand, we've kept things very tight this year. We've not expanded the range too much, purely because I didn't think we'd have the audience for it. Um, but for the longer term, I'm interested in 
uh, I'd love to do some uh, wool garments and finding some recycled wool. And uh, I'm interested in doing wool again, back for the blazers and so on. Some heavy duty, bigger wool jackets, blazers. Um, I've got some nice organic corduroy on the horizon. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> so I've got some lovely uh, organic corduroy, which we're working on, which we should have for August, September time this year. But apart from that, we're keeping it quite tight. Um, keep the range under control, make sure we've got some good depth in stock for, for retailers and build from there, really. But we've been lucky. Could- and people wanting to know where they can shop, obviously online, um, but you have concessions all over the country as well. In London, where, do you have any shops in London in terms of, yep. yeah? We have a, we have a Meat Bernard is one of our stockists. He's in Dulwich. Uh, we have Natterjacks down in Kingston. We have then Brighton. We've got a couple in Brighton. I think there are two in London. Um, Brighton um, we've got a couple of accounts down in Brighton uh, I think we've got about 24 uh, wholesale accounts at the moment um, we seem to be falling into this nice area of the kind of um, concept retailing the people who are selling a bit of homeware a cafe bar and you know the garments are sitting well in there which is really interesting because I think that's the way retail's going to develop it's going to have to do really isn't it yeah, become more expensive it's got to be an experience i think for people to go and maybe grab a few other things at the same time and not just coffee we were talking off air about um how i went into a a retail shop the other day for the first time it felt like in a year and you're right i think people i think people miss going out and it's not just for tailors you know we'd always assume that it's an experience shopping for clothes at tailors because you'd sit down have a bourbon get measured you know get your balls fluffed but you know it's it's all kind of menswear it's it's every shop you know it's feeling the garments trying them on i mean i'm a i'm a, a weird oddball size i mean like you've got kind of chunky legs and not much else going on so i can't buy jeans online i can't buy trousers because it all comes up really crazy so i have to physically yeah. see them and try them on and it's it's just driving me nuts that i can't even i've been wearing one pair of jeans but it feels like the last year anyway i digress um paul thanks so much for coming on mate com, the place where people can shop and uh, on instagram we can follow you guys at uskies underscore clothing. Uh, where does the name come from, by the way? Well, uh, <laughs> it comes from the name of our fridge in the office. It's quite a long story, but essentially the fridge was called Husky. And uh, a very, very long, drawn-out story, but we ended up um, with uskies and we the reason we wanted that was we needed something that was um it didn't really kind of mean anything because we saw you know we sell in france we sell in germany we we sell in america and we wanted something that um, was kind of meaning less nice no i like it and that, yeah yeah it's okay yeah it's one of those it kind of it's kind of happened and it's there and it's and it's growing and it's taking on its own meaning now, which is good. And you could do, you know, you, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, that's the truth of it. It came from the fridge in the office. <laughs> <laughs> I love it even more now that like the oddballness of the name is kind of reflected in the, uh, the obscurity of its origin. So uh, yeah, digging that. Anyway, Paul, I'll let you go. Thanks again for jumping on mate. Pleasure talking to you. 
Good to touch, Pete. Thanks very much for your time. And thank you, Paul. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Men's Wear Style Podcast. If you like what you hear, why not leave a review? It does help my ego, especially. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode and all content pertaining to fashion, watches, grooming, lifestyle over at www.menswearstyle.co.uk. And we're on the social at Men's Wear Style. And if you want to be a guest on the show, tell us about your brand and your journey you can email us here at info at menswearstyle.co.uk. And until next time.